And I must say, I am amazed at the amount of talent that we see among these young professionals. They are doctors, but they play cello or piano mm -hmm. or paint or busy publishing a, a book of poetry or, or whatever. Um, and I think it's this dual stimulation that, that you actually need. For me, it's a lifeline. Today I'm talking to Emil Marnefeld. He's an obstetrician and also a multimedia artist. Hi Emil, how are you? Hello Petra, I'm well, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's so lovely it's to meet lovely. you here on Zoom. Absolutely. All the way from South Africa, there in Worcester. Mm. Mm. So tell me, um, you are a medical doctor and a gynecologist, um, um, specialized in gynecology, um, but you are also an artist. Yes, I lead a double life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Science by day and, and, and playing by night. Yeah. So, um, basically, I'm a, I would like to call myself a professional artist, mm -hmm. but um, I do it part-time. But it also means I do not live from my art. I live to do art, um, yeah. which is, which is an, a totally different uh, way to, to look at it. Um, unfortunately, I never had any um, formal training. Um, but I think to some extent, formal training can, can make you into a kind of a mold as well. So to some extent, I think not having had any formal training gives my, my work a kind of a freshness. The difference from from anything else that that people do. You're not the first person to say that because I've I've spoken to some artists who are self-taught, who who you know who just developed and mm. you know learning by doing, and it's it's the same thing, and it's the same with me as well as a photographer. I'm also self-taught, mm. and I can also 100% agree with what you are saying there. Hmm. Yeah, and I think you look you look at things in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, I, I think I'm slightly hyperactive. So except for doing things from my own perspective, I tend to, to move a lot from, from medium to medium. So I'll etch and I'll do lino and I'll do painting and, and, and sculpture and and a bit of everything. And I think that help you to look at the same thing from different angles as well, that, 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 um, that keeps things alive as well, for me in any case. Yeah, and I, I presume you, you look at one thing and then, and also apply, maybe apply certain things on, on the different mediums that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of, of applying. That on the one side, and it, it, it helps you to experiment experiment easier. Oh, I didn't yeah. have formal training, so I need to look at things in a different way. And I'll say, if I can do this with sculpture, maybe when my etching, I can, I should try the same implements mm -hmm. or the same technique or whatever. So, so you do new things, or you do old things in new ways, if I can put it that way. Yeah. But now, uh, when you were growing up, did you do did you do art? I always liked uh, sketching and, and stuff like that. 
Um, but only after I really finished um, university did I really start with a professional. Do art more often, if I can put yeah. it that way, rather than, than professionally. Mm -hmm. um, and at this stage, I try to do something every day. And I think it's that repeating and, and the way of thinking that, that that helps you to grow in art as well. You can't want to do art once a month and I think you'll, you'll yeah. reach something yeah. by, by doing it that way. But I'm very interested in this, the fact that you are, you, you studied in sciences because uh, and, um, mm. you're a doctor and yet you have that side, that creative artistic side. And I'm, I've been talking to artists about the fact that children in school, you know, that, that there's so much emphasis on, on maths and sciences, and yet there's not a lot of emphasis on art, but these subjects are so interlinked and this is what you are now also talking about you know that you um that you feel yourself you think also and it must have something to do also with the fact that you're you're basically in the sciences so there must be that correlation i think you've got a left brain and a right brain one is more scientific and the other half is more um inclined to, to art or music or whatever. And if you stimulate one side, you need to have a release on the other side. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm working a lot with, with especially the younger doctors. And I must say, I am amazed at the amount of talent that we see among these young professionals. They are doctors, but they play cello or piano mm -hmm. or paint or busy publishing a, a book of poetry or, or whatever. Um, and I think it's this dual stimulation that, that you actually need. For me, it's a lifeline. Um, sometimes if you're stressed and you're overworked, it is just a release to let these things come out, not merely as decoration, but saying something, making a point, lifting out the, the plight that woman is in. You know, um, we see really especially where i'm working at the moment we see a lot of terrible things and you need some way to to show the world on one side and to for yourself to to reconcile being a human with what ha what's happening around you and i think art gives that outlet mm -hmm. but do you also think that that gives you a different type of empathy when you work with patients because you you have that artistic side and that you have that intuitive side almost that that also helps with you as being a doctor i never really thought of it that way um to some extent while you with a patient you're so 100 percent dedicated to what you're doing mm -hmm. that, that you don't really think of these things but but maybe it does give you a perception in a different way yeah, maybe subconsciously that that happens. You know? well, I think it's more a subconscious process yeah. than anything yeah. else. But now, tell me about your art. What uh, You say you work on different mediums. So what inspires you then to, to work on a specific medium? Well, basically, your, your whole circumstances you're working in. <laughs> Um, I think everybody is sick and tired of COVID. I, I certainly am. Um, mm -hmm. But when we were at the height of the, the whole 
uh, COVID pandemic and we were all in lockdown and stuff like that. I was actually living by my own, on my own. And I was thinking that what we as doctors do for our patients is actually the minimum. Our patients is actually cared for physically and emotionally by the nurses that's nursing them. So I made a whole cycle of, of what I call uh, the modern Madonnas. And it is these nurses doing the nursing, doing the caring for the patient, the emotional part, because they're isolated. They don't have contact with anybody. They have only contact with this one nurse that's working with them all day. And even in ICU, you're aware of that. They see people dying around them. So for years I've been following, a, or not following, I was, I, I love icons, the, the orthodox kind of icons we, we see in the Roman Catholic churches. So I, I always made a, a kind of similar thing to that, working on if I get an old door somewhere, I will do a, a Madonna's face on that because that weathered wood gives you an authentic look to your new painting. And, uh, but I mean, this came out in, in pen and ink sketches with a bit of gold paint around it. That that um, was my, my modern Madonna's and it was my way of responding to the, to the whole COVID pandemic. Wow, that sounds amazing. So you, you drew the nurses then, if I understand right? Um, I drew... Madonnas. I drew female yeah. figures, okay. you know, yeah. with a ballpoint pen, mm -hmm. but embellished them with, with gold so that you get that hearing yeah. the, the, the Madonna kind of kind of effect. And not as just young girls as we usually see with the Madonnas, but older mm -hmm. older women as well. Because mm -hmm. I think you say Madonna yeah. regardless of your age. Yeah. Uh, so that you did also on on wood, did you say? No, no, that, that was on paper. I, <laughs> I work in, in a lot of media. Okay. Um, and, and sometimes at the same stage on, in, in different mediums. Mm -hmm. At the moment, I'm focusing a bit on, on, on um, etching, but I'm also busy with experimenting with the casting of, of sculptures. Oh, okay. Which is which mm -hmm. is a totally different kind of thing, but once you start thinking on one line, my brain goes off on another tangent as well. But now, if you so you you, uh, if we talk about these different mediums, what would inspire you? Is it do you think of the medium and then you think of what you want to do on it, or do you get the idea and think of which medium would be the right to to show it? I think at the moment it's more you get an idea yeah. and you think of how you would um, realize this in the best way, whether with sculpture or with painting or with drawing or pen and ink or whatever. Yeah. And do you also experiment, for example, with, um, so uh, when you work on wood, that you experiment with different, say with paint or with, with ink or... Um, yeah, as I say, I, I like working on on found objects, as the, oh, the okay. art people say. All right, so yeah. this is like an old stable door or an old mm -hmm. car door, for that matter, or you know, old wood. That's really 
weathered down that you you can it, it's got a character of its own that you can bring out um but in those circumstances again i will see the wood and that will lead me to okay a picture that i might see in it or not see in it mm. if you know what i mean you, you yeah yeah the, the medium sometimes tell you what to do with it as well mm. now um uh for example, if you so this this is was the theme and and uh, what what type of themes do you usually do? Um, where do you get your inspiration then from? Um, I think if I if I need to to say that I work with people all day. Yeah. So people, faces, figures is more <laughs> prominent in my work than than say landscapes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like that that you know face to face kind of contact that you do get mm -hmm. with uh, in my work that you will will get when you when you view a, a picture of a portrait as well. Mm -hmm. mm. And then do you also sell your work? Oh, I love exhibiting. <laughs> <laughs> love to exhibit, not mm -hmm. not just for showing people what you do, but also. I see my art as a medium to meet people, yeah, and yeah. and it takes you places. So it will allow you to, in a new way, uh, interact with people because they'll mm -hmm. come and talk to you about what you're doing or why you're not doing something or whatever. Yeah. And people who interact with you in this way is, is your more interesting, interesting mm -hmm. persons. And of course, if you exhibit, you you get a chance to. To go to a different part of the world or country and put up your work and, and there meet people that's running galleries and, and stuff like that so yeah. more for just selling um of course it's wonderful to sell mm -hmm. because it's it's also a way of people to show that you're on the right way mm -hmm. if i've got a studio with 30 paintings standing in it i want to stop painting because why am i doing this I yeah, haven't even yeah. got space to store the stuff. So to get things out of my life is is nice. And and to think that people are actually willing to to pay for something that I painted mm -hmm. is even better. Um, because I will give something to anybody who just likes something. Mm -hmm. Just because they like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about not about selling. Fortunately I've got a job. Um, mm -hmm. If I look at my friends that's that's full-time artists, um, it's a nightmare to live like that. Mm -hmm. You you must have pot boilers to, that people buy easily, and it's not, not really what you want to do. Fortunately, I'm not in that situation. I can, I can do wherever my next uh, urge takes. Yeah. Take me so that I can, can do that. Uh, whatever whatever I like mm. yeah it's that pressure and um but but uh interesting that you said about the exhibition because I heard a um a artist also say that uh, the exhibition also um he loves to listen to people's um not opinion but but how they see what he's done that you know their perspective on what he's mm. done because it's sometimes different from uh, he's what he intended, 
but he find it interesting how people see different things in his in his work. And do you find that as well? That is very stimulating. Mm -hmm. I hate conceptual work. I hate looking at something that somebody must come and explain to me so that I can see the idea behind it. Oh, yeah, yeah. People must see my work and they must interact with that spontaneously. If I go to a museum, I never take these uh, earphones and, and stuff, what do you call mm -hmm. it, uh, the guides. Um, I want to interact with every painting and and get a reaction from that. And, and, and I must have an emotional response to that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want it to be explained to me. And I, I want my, my paintings to do the same. Yeah. I do not even like to give a painting a name because with a name, you get associations already and you're already telling somebody what to think. Yeah. I just want them to, to interact and if I can know what that interaction is, that's great. And I've had almost like a revelation from people saying that looks like whatever. Like the Madonna that was done on a stable door. And the guy came to me and said, it looks like bars. And it shows how we are all in a prison of our own making uh, for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting take on. Yeah on something that, that I didn't even think of. Mm -hmm. But it's the reaction that that's important. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, and, and it also, um, if, if something like that happens, I think then you also realize that your artwork communicates, not necessarily uh, what mm -hmm. you want to say, but what the person needs to see or, or what the person, from their perspective sees, you know? So no, I, I, I think this is wonderful. Yeah, and I love it when it evokes an emotional response. Mm -hmm. If somebody can associate that, I don't like a kind of, what do they call it, chocolate box paintings. Mm -hmm. That's just something pretty. It doesn't need to be pretty. You can shock somebody with, with something, but maybe you can make them think in a different way. Maybe they can start thinking about AIDS or abuse on women or whatever. Not, not that that is why I do art, but yeah. But I want people to have a kind of an emotional response to. Mm -hmm. if it's, is it a memory? Is it a whatever? It it shouldn't just be decor. Mm -hmm. But now, um, this is also interesting when when you when you're a self-taught artist, um, then. Uh, and this is what I've heard from some musicians as well, who was initially self-taught. It almost that freedom makes you more daring. That there's you you don't have any boundaries. You just try and do uh, what you think will work. But then, uh, how difficult is it for you to have the confidence to think um, this is a bit unusual what I'm doing, but but I'm sticking with it anyway. Do you well, have as I that? said, yeah, <laughs> obviously you've got it, but I don't need to sell the stuff to live. So oh, yeah. Yeah. it's easier for me to, to do it. And if somebody likes it, you know, take it and mm -hmm. take it and, 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 and go with it. So, uh, but um, the other side of the coin is true as well, that you can only break the rules if you know the rules. 
Yeah. Um, so, but these days with, with internet available, you can learn to do anything without getting out of your seat. Mm -hmm. There is a YouTube video on anything. Yeah. So if you really don't know and you really get stuck. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm restless and I'm not very uh, patient. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so before the video is finished, I'll be trying it. <laughs> Join the club, yeah. But the things yeah. That, that I've learned that sticks with me is things that I learned by experimenting with it. Mm. And as I say, you, you learn to do new mediums and, and yeah. new ways, new ways to look at things. Yeah. But now you, you were talking about your students who are, or most of your students who are also uh, creative. Do you encourage that uh, from them as well? Yes, of course. Um, there is such a lot going into making a rounded person. And, and, and I feel that if, a, if the student is not a full person, he can't evaluate um, the, the fullness of the patient that's in front of him. All right. Because a lot of doctors just see the, the illness before them. But it's so much more than an illness. It's a whole person with a community that, that's actually sitting in front of you. You can never isolate the illness from the person, from the family they're living in and the effect that that illness has on everybody around them. And I think the broader you live, the more you can, can see the people around you as well. Does it make sense if I say it that yeah. way? Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought of that, but yeah, it's it's definitely. So I, I encourage them to do whatever they they love to do with medicine. Medicine shouldn't be the only thing in their lives. Um, I wanted to say something else now. Um, and travel and read a lot. I think there's there's worlds locked up in books around us. So I, I encourage them to. Yeah. To, do, to, to live as, as fully as, as possible. I think what we've also realized in, in this time with the pandemic, if we talk about the pandemic, is how people reverted to artistic things, you know, like how people started, many mm. people started experimenting in the kitchen and, and baking. And, and mm. you know, I know of some artists who actually also started painting. And you think that how this is also so part of us to be artistic and to be, mm. uh, you know, that you don't necessarily have to be able to draw or but but that cooking and baking mm. is also some uh, a part of uh, yeah. you know, being expressive and, and art. And well, um, the whole idea mm. of, of slow living yeah of of getting the raw vegetables and slowly preparing your food from finish to start and even better if you have if you've got a little vegetable vegetable patch somewhere that you can you can actually grow the stuff i think there's a lot to be said for contact with the earth contact with real physical things and not ju not just going to the shop and buy things already done and it gives you time to think it gives you time to sort out your life uh 
and make wonderful food as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like with you, make wonderful art. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the part yeah. it's part of it. My my wife is a is a food lover, so um, oh, is it? Right, so <laughs> we love traveling as well. And I always say I travel from museum to museum while she travels from meal to meal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives my life a different dimension as well to eat the food yeah. from the vicinity we, yeah. we are visiting mm -hmm. and, and, and food that's specific to them and, and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, but in that sense, to come back to the art as well, I, I love the, the um, physical act of drawing while I am in places. I actually don't have a camera anymore. Uh, I've got a, a journal with me and, and I make a kind of visual journal for everything that, that we see and do and, and so on, which is a nice way to experience it. It brings it back again to slow living. If I look at a drawing that I've made while visiting somewhere, um, I sometimes can recall smells, sounds, colors, just, just by looking at this, at this drawing, because for once you were in a setup that you were absolutely concentrating on the now, on, on what's happening around you, people walking about, colors, light changing and stuff like that. So, uh, so if, even if I don't do anything, I try to, to make my drawing of the day so that You've got something to show for the day. Yeah, that's very interesting because when you were saying that, I was really thinking you must be then very attentive to in that moment when you sit and draw because you, you're realizing everything around you. So I think you're opening yourself to, mm -hmm. to your surroundings, um, really seeing stuff. And I mean, isn't that why we travel? Yeah. Me in any case, it's to experience new things, to meet new people, to to see things that you haven't seen before. Mm. And uh, when we travel as well, I don't like, you know, this Europe in three days kind of trips yeah. that, that some people do. If I've got two weeks, I'll go to Florence for two weeks. Mm. Sit, experience, taste, hear, whatever. So uh, yeah. Yeah, try to take in as much as possible. So uh, what is your opinion um, about art and healing, about the healing properties of art and, and music and, and uh, you know, all forms of art? I think art should be such a part of our everyday lives. We shouldn't try to distinguish art and music from what I'm doing. If I'm in my studio, there's always music playing. If I'm eating, there's, there's music playing. I like eating food that's well presented as well. Mm. If the food looks appetizing, it's more enjoyable. And, and I think the, the, the community around the table is, is part of, of eating. Talking and interaction with people around a table is that's part of of eating, and maybe that is what is wrong with our whole community is that we don't live full lives. You know, we we eat. There's people they sit in front of the TV while they're eating. They don't 
taste the food, they don't see the food, they see a little square in front of them. And that's why we get ill. We we don't connect with the things around us. So yes, there's a to come back to your your question, is I think there's a tremendous uh, amount of power in in art healing us, but not because of it because of the art of it, but by slowing down our lives from this hectic race that we're running and we don't know where we're running to. Um, yeah. by experiencing, seeing, and, and, and in that process, the healing will, will take place as well. Because mm -hmm. we don't stop to, to think about what we're doing, mostly. Yeah. So it's, it's really a, um, this holistic approach that you have to also prevent illness through, through living this way, then? I think, I think there's... Yeah, personally, I think the most important thing in life is balance. Mm -hmm. Most difficult thing as well. Yeah. But we must take time to to balance a hectic day with something mm -hmm. quiet to come back to at night mm -hmm. to, to recharge your energies. I think a lot of people just get so tired and burnt out because they don't slow themselves down at any stage, whether it's sport or creation or whatever. Yeah. The creative thing is is so much easier to to bring yourself back to to, mm -hmm. to zero again. I mean, I look at your photographs and I, and I see exactly the same thing, the quietness in a pair of people holding hands or whatever. Yeah. But you need to you need to slow down to be able to see there's other people around you that actually do have a life. Yeah. Mm. But um, Emil, tell me, what are your wishes for the future? <laughs> you don't ask easy questions. <laughs> um, I think... Something that I would like is to leave behind some kind of legacy. All right. Um, in medicine, to for people to get this more holistic approach, to to look at the person in front of you, but to look at yourself as well. All right. It, it is sometimes a very selfless job, and we lose a lot of nursing staff and doctors because of that. So you must have, have balance. Um, I would love it if they say I made people look differently at, at something. I would love it if my students would one day say um, that I influenced them to think of medicine in a certain positive way, hopefully. Um, on a personal level, I would like my art to, to go to a level where it's easy to produce and and sell and, and get rid of it and, and and to leave a legacy as well to so that people can say the way you see life influence them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what beautiful wishes. <laughs> <laughs> I am touched, really. Yeah, but it's you work you work with 
really, um, you know, you work with people and people's lives and you, you have that uh, privilege to be so uh, um, there when when somebody comes in this world. I mean, you, you mm -hmm. are there when babies get born. And I think what a wonderful privilege a job like that is also. Yeah, I, I know it, it's kind of silly because when a baby is born, was actually alive for nine months beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the whole process is is a creative process as well. Mm. Um, one of the things I like to do is when a baby is born, and it's, it's a wonderful moment, but to put that baby on mom's chest, mm. and then I would hold onto the umbilical cord, and it will, it will pulsate in your hand. Wow. And it, and it feels like something that is alive and while it is still pulsating i wouldn't cut the cord because there's there's great advantages for the baby if, if you get more of that blood from the placenta into the baby's circulation but it it's such a magic moment or few moments um i think just something like that makes my life makes my job worthwhile wonderful yeah no, I can I can imagine that it's that that moment. But um, now on a on a more lighter note, Emil, <laughs> you said you like eating, um, but can you do a shout out for a restaurant or a coffee shop in the area, or will you do the shout out for your wife's cooking? Yeah, well, there's few people that. Uh, that has the privilege of, of eating her food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's really great. We've, we've got a lot of great places in Worcester. Yeah. Um, but when you come and visit us in South Africa, I'd, I'd like to take you to a few places. Oh, that would be great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, like mm. we've, we've got a place here, Nye on the Hill, and it is just good food, good company, mm. perfect view, for instance. Mm. Um, Washes uh, is another wonderful uh, place mm -hmm. to eat in the vicinity. But mm -hmm. yeah, you must experience it with friends. Yeah. So come yeah. and I'll show you. I think I, uh, the Nye <laughs> Nye Valley is it's um, uh, I know it's it's a beautiful. It's is it close to Booster? It's it's just yeah. outside Booster. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember it's beautiful. Now I'm definitely taking up this yeah. offer. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, Emil, it was so lovely to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks yeah. for talking to me. It's a privilege. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. all right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>